Lions have thrown in a couple of spots here you'd expect them to run. They do against St. Brown, who pitches it back to Swift, who's on the run. Swift inside the 20 to the 17-yard line. The season comes down to a snap, and Goff is looking to throw, and he throws it. It's caught for the first down by DJ Chark. The Lions have come into Lambeau, and they've knocked the Packers down and out. Right around Hundley, he reaches, throws that ball's out, that's live! Back the other way, Sam Hubbard! The Cincinnati kid! Hubbard's got a convoy! Chased by Andrews! At the 30, the 20, he will score! Talk about the last two games that Mike Tirico has done, and then you talk about a broadcaster being on top of his game and matching the excitement with the call. He's the best in the business. Amen, brother. Mike Tirico on NBC. He had the uh, that game I was so into, the uh, Green Bay Lions game, and the Lions delivering the knockout punch. To yes, the because again, that's what we've well, that's we've relegated ourselves to cheering for other teams' losses versus our own team's win. We're such losers. We're that's losers. all we have yes. to hold on to. That we resort to rooting for the division rival Lions. Because we we suck, we have nothing, and we want to root against the Packers, and then and then we had the then Cincinnati you kid. At the Vikings losing also yes, to the Giants we as did. well. We yes. did, and Mike Tirico's got the Chiefs game this weekend. He's in Kansas City, I believe, right now, and uh, he joins us, friend of the show, Mike Tirico from NBC on ESPN One Thousand. Hi, Mike. It is an honor to be on with one of Chicago's greats and you, Mr. Sylvie, and to be with the Cincinnati middle-aged man. It's That's right. Great. It's great Woo! to be with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> I was a man of Moeller well before Sam Hubbard ever thought about being a man from Moeller. <laughs> so, so was that, correct me if I'm wrong, was that pre-face mask or was that with face mask? Uh, leather helmets and leather. single nice. bar. Single bar. Nice, nice, yeah. fine. It, it's good to watch the evolution of, of the sport. And, you, and you've remained a charming, good-looking man through all of bless that. You. So bless you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Hey, let's, can we start with that Green Bay game? Because Sylvia and I have sure. talked about this a ton. Um, yeah. We've debated whether or not the Packers are done going forward, what Aaron Rodgers' future is. And, mm-hmm. and again, having to root for losses to Green Bay is, is what we're, you know, the, that's where we find ourselves now. What is your take on who the Green Bay Packers are Heading into the offseason. Wow. Uh, I think they are all dependent on 12. I think Aaron can come back and play at a really, really, really good level. I think the receivers are ready to play at the level commensurate with what Aaron needs. Uh, That plus the mix. They could bring the band back. Let me simplify. They could bring the band back almost as is and compete. I think they had some injuries. They got sideways early on with the young guys. They could bring the band back and compete to win the division. Given that Minnesota, although the record was lofty, we all saw the reality, and I think the reality came to roost in the playoffs. They, they weren't as good as their number because as their final record. Um, I think we've all seen the Lions are on the come here. Obviously, you've got a quarterback in fields, and there's a lot to build around him over the next year or so. But in general, Green Bay could come back next year as constituted with a few tweaks here and there and contend for the division. Now, does Aaron want to do that, or does he want to go somewhere for a two-year run like Vegas, or does he want to get out altogether? And I would usually dismiss the last one of those, but I dismiss that less than I would in other years. I think they're all pretty even at this point. Just because Tom is good at 45, Brady, 
doesn't mean everybody has to go till 45. <laughs> and I don't know if Aaron wants to restart or if he wants to make one last run. I do think he would like to be a Packer for life, but I just don't know if it's something he's feeling in his bones and will in the next few weeks. So we signed up for a few months of this. Based on that, I think that bases what the Packers do without him. I think they're a 500 team. With them, I think they could be better. Yeah. Not a bad uh, last couple of weeks as far as, like, drama-filled games going down to the wire and, uh, and like, just the, the, those big moments that you had to call, correct? Uh, they're, they're fun. They're, they're why you do this. You know, it's why you, you're sitting there on a Tuesday night at 10 o'clock going, okay, do I have to watch another half hour of Jacksonville? You know, yeah, and, and you know it, it makes it pay off at the end of the day. It's, you know that people have been very kind. It's you call a play; it's no big deal. The nicest thing that I've received from people that have, has made me, to be brutally honest with you guys, feel good is that people have said, "When we watch the game, we feel like you want to be there," and I do. I love being there. Other than being home with my family, there's no place I'd rather be. And and every week before I do the game, I take a little picture on my phone uh, during the national anthem from our spot and it just it just is great to look back and just remember that you're sitting in like the best spot in the world on the 50 yard line halfway up with all these cameras and all these tvs and all these stats and the best people around you and a seven time 17 time emmy winner and chris collinsworth right next to you you are so lucky to do this and i'm enjoying every second of it bum that it ends for us on saturday night but excited that uh the whole season's been so worth it. It's so cool to hear you, who's done Monday night football, Sunday night football, Olympics, and all that. That you're like you're still taking literal pictures and remembering those moments. So here's here's a here's a selfish question. Okay. Um, as you know, I still like going to these games, and now I'm taking mm-hmm. my kids to these games. And road yep. trips are so much fun. We don't know the dates yet, um, and a couple of other the. Co-workers Carmen DeFalco, Danny Zetterman, and I were between two games next year, depending on the dates. Okay. The, the Bears are playing the Chargers, so we can yeah. go see SoFi, which is super cool. Sure. Or, or they're playing at the place that you're calling the game this weekend in Can- in Kansas Arrowhead. City. Yeah. Arrowhead. Come to Kansas City. R- R- you say that? Like I-, I thought you would say that. Tell me yeah. why been here for 50 years this is season 50 for them uh the parking lot smells a certain way <laughs> the arrowhead parking lot smells better than any parking lot in the league uh brats are great when they're cooking at lambo but barbecue smells better and different right and people are and you know i, I know the audience i'm speaking to i am one of you i'm a midwesterner even though i'm new york born this is quarter century of my life kids born and raised there, wife from there for, Midwesterners are just cool people, and the Kansas City people are cool. As a Bears fan, you can go tailgate to tailgate. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we hit you guys. Come here. Tell us about, did you go to the Super Bowl shuffle years? Were you there? Are you that old? They'll want to talk to you. They're nice people. The place is genuinely loud. They don't have to put up on the screen, be loud, for them to be loud on third down. They get it, right? SoFi is amazing. It's a gorgeous place, but there's no real great decades-old tradition connected to the franchises that play there right now, whether it be the Chargers or the Rams. So SoFi's experience in five years is going to be the same. The Arrowhead experience is right there with the few in the league that are awesome fans. Place has been around for a long time, and it's got great character and culture. So not even a question or a conversation. 
And you get to see the best player in the NFL yeah, as right. well perform. He's uh, wearing the other very, uniform. Very, very good point. You know, he's very wearing the other point. uniform, unfortunately. But what are you expecting to see this Saturday afternoon in Kansas yeah. City with this Jaguar team and these Chiefs? Yeah. So, Tommy, I'll tell you two quick things. Uh, one I didn't get into the broadcast, and one I just found out today when we met with the Chiefs. This was, oh, man, Christmas night we did. Brady and the Bucks in Arizona. So Christmas Eve, everybody was playing, right? All the games were Saturday. So we're waiting to do our production meeting with Tom. Tom walks in, and he's watching Red Zone Channel on his phone. And I'm like, damn, this is great. Like, the greatest quarterback of all time is doing the same thing that I'm doing in the van on the way back. He's watching the league on Red Zone Channel. It's like, for whatever, it just, like, was the most Tom Brady is like me moment that I've had. Yeah. And it probably ever will have. So that, that was one. And the other one was... I asked Patrick today, Mahomes, about having the buy. I said, do you watch? Do you know? He's like, no, I'm a fan. They had a bunch of players over, and they were watching all the games. And he said, what you take away from that as you watch them all happen is you just don't know. No lead is safe. They experienced that last year up on Kansas City, big in the championship game at home, and the Bengals come back uh, on Cincinnati, and the Bengals come back to win the AFC championship, get to the Super Bowl. So, Having said that, I'm expecting a very focused and fast Kansas City offense to come out. But one thing with Jacksonville, I know we say it and we know teams don't get there all that often. I really think they are playing with house money. Not because they're the Jags, not because they're the four seed, we're nine and eight, we're three and seven at one point this season. I think because they were done. They were finished in the first half of a home playoff game and won the game. So to me, it really feels like, hey, we we are totally playing with house money. Damn, this was a team that won four games in two years. They had the number one pick back-to-back years. And if Trevor Lawrence gets off to a good start, and if he runs, and if he gets first downs using his legs, and they can keep the ball away from Mahomes, they forced three turnovers here in the regular season game but didn't capitalize on them, they can stay in the game. Do I think they will? I think it's a long, long ask for them to do that. But uh, that's the equation that would have to happen. But Andy Reid off the bye, Mahomes and those guys ready. Nobody's going to sneak up on them. It's going to be really tough to see Jacksonville win this game. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, based on mm-hmm. what he did, coming back from the, self, you know, the self-created adversity, the right. four interceptions <laughs> in the first half, but to have mm-hmm. the intestinal fortitude and the ability to pull yourself out of that situation, you factor that in. You saw what Daniel Jones did against the Vikings. You also saw what what Brock Purdy did in their win over Seattle. I see where you're going. And Dak Dak also, what he did. Is what Trevor Lawrence did the most impressive thing that happened in the first round of the postseason, or would you choose something different? I think so. I think so. I I, I think four four picks should bench a quarterback. And I think... Other coaches may have panicked a little bit, but Doug Peterson is like, okay, we got this. I understand. Uh, Doug Peterson's ability to play quarterback in this league and then coach quarterbacks for 20 years since gives him a perspective, and he knows that if we lose this playoff game 37-12, to 12, that's okay. We got Trevor Lawrence in playoff experience. He will always be more careful with the ball in a playoff game going forward and we hope to be here a lot of years so instead of panicking they just made adjustments on offense got him some throws to get comfortable 
And then in the late, that last drive of the first half, and then on to the second half, he made some amazingly good throws. He, he is really talented. His arm talent, I hate that word, his ability to throw the ball is really good. Tight windows with, with power to the wide side of the field. All that, you know, football mumbo-jumbo. He can do it. Uh, there's a toughness about him. You know, you see the hair and the whole deal. You don't think, There's a toughness about him, too. Uh, I, the more I've studied him and the more I've watched him here over the last five, six weeks, I, I'm kind of in on what they, what they are building, what they have there. And I thought it was the most impressive individual thing of the week. And I think, more importantly, it's a reminder, young quarterbacks can win in this league. Don't baby them. Right coaching, right place, right system. They can jump in and win. Is Andy Reid still one of the better guys to have in a production meeting? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, he's he's so good. He's um, he's low key good. You know what I mean? He's uh, he doesn't give you like in depth answers, but he gives you a lot of crumbs. And if you get to the cookie, you're like yeah, you get it. <laughs> we, we, we we started talking about things like uh, play design and spacing in offense and. Um, you know, talking about the old days with Holmgren, started talking about Doug Peterson in his first start in 1999 when Andy made his debut as the Eagles head coach. Uh, I I really enjoy his company and guys, I, you know I hate to say somebody in our era of overcovered and over um, statistical sports analysis. I hate to say somebody's underappreciated. Andy Andy Reid's underappreciated. He has won 19 playoff games. If he wins on Saturday, he'll have 10 wins in the playoffs with two different franchises. Now, think about that for a second. That's, that's pretty amazing. He's closing in on 250 games won overall. He's closing in on Tom Landry for total wins. Uh, Belichick is way up there in playoff wins. But if he wins on Saturday, he breaks the tie with Don Shula and then ties Tom Landry for second all-time in playoff wins. And I know there are more playoff games now than there were back then, but that means you can lose more playoff games too to good teams. He's so impressive and he's still sharp and as engaged as ever in making fun plays and offense fun at age 64, which is crazy. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Mike Tirico joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Before we get to some of the Bears stuff, uh, I have been really upset as a football fan this year about roughing the passer. I think they've got to redo the rule and I think they got to make it reviewable. There was another instance in the Giants-Vikings game. It could have cost the yeah. Giants. It was uh, There was nothing about the hit late in that game that made that egregious, that made it a roughing the passer call, but yet it was still called, and it could have cost them. Oh, what would you do? You're always really good with this stuff, Mike. How would you fix this? You know, I, I think Belichick had it right. I think there, in addition to all these challenges that you have, I think you should be able to have one challenge that you can use on, on any play, a play like that, like uh, have a sky judge or have or throw it back to New York. Um, because you're right, the Giants-Vikings play almost turned the game. Uh, I'll, I'll say something pretty honest. I think if you had that ability to go back and review a flag that's a roughing call, like the roughing the punter penalty that happened in the Seattle Week 18 game against the Rams, that was a that was a completely incorrect call. Mm. If that call's correct, maybe Detroit's in the playoffs and not Seattle. So you're really down to talking about playoff changing, season changing events. And what it would take is leadership in Detroit to call leadership with the Giants and say, guys, 
this almost cost us. We can't. We we've got to do something about this. We're not asking that every call like that go for review, but if there's a really big one, let's be able to challenge it. I, I think I think we've gotten to that point because too many game deciding plays are happening. And I'm going to say this in total defense of the officials. I think they just, they just get pooped on on a regular basis. They do a hell of a job. You have one chance to call it live with 300 pound bodies flying in front of you. It's so much easier from where Mike Pereira and Terry McCauley and Dean Blandino and Gene Steratore sit. It's much easier from the booth where we're sitting. And it's really easy from your couch. (laughs) We should help them. That's why we should help them out with replay, for sure. That's that's exactly right. You nailed it. That's why we can help them in those spots. We can't do it every play because the games would take too long. It'd become like watching the last minute of a college basketball game. Have you tried to do that lately? No, not yet. Oh, Oh my gosh! They have the sport is being just ripped apart by the lack of leadership in college athletics. But my goodness, the last minute of a close basketball game—the Michigan State Purdue game on MLK Day—was a great game. The last minute took eleven and a half wow. minutes. It's a joke. So mm. we can't do that to football, but judiciously with one one—I don't know—we can change it from a red flag to like an orange flag or something you might be able to challenge one of those calls. All right, we're going to okay. we're going to switch things up. Uh we're going to ask okay. you about Bears quarterbacks and we're not going to mention Jay Cutler. How about uh, that? We Yay. yes, we we've evolved. We we have it's a new day. It's a new era here on this uh, show when it comes to so begin with a J. Yes, we need to know oh, okay. what you think of okay. Justin Fields and what does the rest of the NFL universe, the people that you hang out with and people that you talk ball with, what is what do you all think about our quarterback? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Does he do that? Does he do that on a regular basis? He runs away from people. He's so dang physically, physically imposing. He's, he's a different kind of athlete. I mean, look at this guy. And then you go, okay, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy carrying the ball, what was it, seven times, eight times that he carried over 10 a game? He's, he's the best running threat. He's terrific. But here's, again, they are built very differently. But I just want to point this out. Running backs get hurt a lot in the NFL, and that's why we've gone to teams that don't pay running backs big contracts and do not go into a game or a season without a tandem, a shared running attack. Quarterback, if you're carrying the ball 15, 18 times, let's just extrapolate that out. That's usually, you know, maybe 120, 130 hits you're taking because – the guys are smart and get out of bounds. But because Fields is so good, he sheds tacklers, eludes guys, carries guys, he's going to take more of a beating. And when you look at Lamar Jackson missing the last month of the season, the last two years, it just worries me. So what am I saying? How can we make Justin Fields, who's got the ability to throw it, really good in the pocket and getting out of the pocket, and not just running the football. And that has got to be everything the Bears put themselves into to get him from a 59% passer or whatever it was this year to like mid-60s. If you can do that and take a little bit of the load off of running into the offense, then we got a chance. Can he do that, in your opinion? I think, I think in the right system with the right people. You need to have playmakers, right? You know, Trevor Lawrence is a hell of a lot better this year because they have Zay Jones and Marvin Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Jalen Hurts, much, too. 
Yeah, Jalen exactly. They pretty much brought in in Jacksonville via free agency an entire receiving core. That's what you got to do. You, you, you've got to get people around him who can make plays. Let him be a dealer's choice guy. I can take this. I can take this. I can roll out. That guy on a boot and a throw with his arm and his speed and his size, just away from harm's out of harm's way on a regular basis. A little bit of read option, and we're going to have you look like it's a read option, but. This play, you cannot run it. This is not for you to keep it. We want you to give it. So this way, the threat is there. And then we'll tell you when you can run it. And we'll let you make the decisions just to preserve the guy. I think he's a phenomenal physical talent who showed what he threw. 16, 17 touchdowns this year. He can throw it. 17. We just got to figure out a way to, to maximize it and keep him upright. What if I told you that Dable or Peterson was the Bears head coach? Would you feel better about it? Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, it, it doesn't take that. Let, let, me, let me just back. Let's stay in the division. Did anybody know Ben Johnson was walking the face of the earth this time last year? No. <laughs> Other than his close personal friends. And now the Lions offensive coordinator was a hot name for multiple head coaching jobs. And he chose this week to stay in Detroit. So it doesn't need to be sexy name. It doesn't need to be guy who's a head coach. It doesn't mean that Matt Eberflus can't be the head coach of a team that has a really good quarterback who's kind of creating a new offense or finding their way to, to perform successfully. It doesn't mean the people who are there can't do it. It just has to be done, and it's not just the coordinator, and it's not just the quarterback. It's the entire organization getting the people around him who can do this. Luke, I, I'm a Luke Getzey fan. Yeah, I think he knows. I think he gets it. You just got to give him the people to do it with. And Mike, before we let you go, um, I've covered the Bears since 95. Waddle obviously played uh, on this team since 89. I always uttered the phrase that it starts at the top. I don't believe that it's a coincidence that the Bears have not had sustained success. I believe ownership and the team's president had something to do with it. I know the general manager is responsible, but I believe the way they've selected uh, who the GM is. I believe for the first time, and I believe he is the most, Kevin Warren is the most qualified man they've hired in a long, long time. They usually don't get guys who are qualified like Kevin Warren. They usually hire first-time guys, first-time coaches, first-time general managers. This is a guy who's been there and he's done it, whether it's at the Big Ten or other front offices in the NFL. Do you believe in the in the big picture? I know Ryan Poles is on the clock now. He will have mm-hmm. the biggest impact in their immediate success. But do you believe over the grand scheme of things, five, ten years, that Kevin Warren will make a major impact on this franchise? Yo, yeah, yeah. Because first off, Kevin's going to be the guy who makes Arlington happen yes. if it happens. So that's a major impact in this franchise because you're taking, you know, and it hurts me. I, I'm not in the business mode. I'm in the nostalgia mode. I want to go to a place where football's been played forever and keep playing it there. But I get, I get everything around it and the reasons and all that stuff. And if it happens, it's going to happen. And you couldn't have a better person to, to pull that off. So from that standpoint, the totality of the franchise, yes. From the place being run the right way, absolutely. Uh, I'm a massive Kevin Warren fan. I'm disappointed for the Big Ten that Kevin is not staying there as commissioner because I thought he made a chess piece move, multiple chess piece moves, to keep the Big Ten on the same level as the SEC. And that was really hard. That's getting the money. That's expanding the footprint changing the TV deals, changing the world of college athletics. For that, the Big Ten president should have figured out a way to 
never let him out the door. I think it's going to hurt the Big Ten in the in the in the short term. I don't know the long term, depending on who we uh, who follows him. But I think he'll bring the right people into Hallis Hall. I think this organization. You now he's got his NFL experience in Minnesota, so he knows the division. He knows a lot of people in this league. Kevin's got a great way about him. He'll get this thing right from the top down, and hopefully the right hires are the ones who work out. But I think this is a terrific hire. Huge Kevin Warren fan. And I think the organization getting to that next phase of where they're going to call home and all that stuff will be done in a way that other people wouldn't have been able to pull it off because Kevin's got a way to get people to the table and get the deal done. It's great stuff. It's awesome. Mike, have a great game. We will be watching. You're the best of what you do. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we appreciate all your time. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Mike. I'm, hey, I'm bored now. I got nothing to do after this week for like a month and a half. So when I come oh, to my daughter us. at Northwestern, I'm going to come knock on the window. Yes, you come in the yes. studio and class up this joint for us. God, I can't wait to bring like DoorDash to your window yes. and knock on the door and bring a delivery. Perfect. All right, you're on. All right. See ya. Thanks, See you, Mike. boys. There's Mike uh-huh. Tirico. He's the best. Awesome. He really and you're is. right, he's still, you can hear he's still having fun doing what he's oh, doing. Oh, he never has maybe had a better time. And he is like, he's right now the NFL king of play-by-play guys. Top top seed in the power. Right? Yes, he is. Uh, so if you want to react to anything, you heard the endorsement about Kevin Warren. You heard what he said about Justin Fields. Um, he's got Kansas City this weekend against Jacksonville. A lot of great stuff there with the NFL conversation. I heard a fantastic story about one of the greatest athletes of all time told uh, yesterday. I want to play that for you. It's an un- And it's really unfiltered as far as the language being used. This is must-hear stuff. I want to share that with everyone coming up next. All right, tomorrow at this time, there'll be a little happy hour action going on at Twin Peaks. Hope to see you there. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Yes, 2 to 6 tomorrow in Oak Brook Terrace. Make sure it's that location. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a great time celebrating uh, another weekend on the horizon. And uh, football to talk about. My favorite uh, playoff football weekend. Let's see the schedule here. We talked to Tariko just now. He's got Jaguars Chiefs. That's the first game. So three thirty kickoff on NBC. Then we've got the seven fifteen kickoff on Saturday. I think that game's going to be better than a lot of people think. Me too. Giants Eagles. Yeah. I, I like again. Remember, uh, both number one seeds lost in the the first game they played last last year, and and with him Jalen Hurts being banged up, how healthy will he be? Didn't look great in the game that he came back. Um, Sirianni was talking about him not being totally healthy in that. I mean, like it was a weird yeah. situation. They're division rivals, so you know these teams that play each other three different times. It was like the, you're right. I mean, I I always feel that those games are difficult to handicap. Yes. Like the Cincinnati Bengal Baltimore Raven game, third time. Yeah, I know Dolphins, Lamar's not playing. Buffalo. Yeah, all those games are hard to handicap. Like that's what that's why I give San Francisco so much credit. I thought Seattle would hang a little tougher. They would. They did for a half. They had the lead at that. Yeah, and then the 49ers blew them out. Yeah. Sunday it's uh, Bengals Bills. Is this right? The times on these that it's not the noon three. It's two o'clock, and then it's a five thirty kick. So yeah, I think that that 
sort of like primish time will maybe yeah. even jack up the ratings even more for that game? Probably so. Maybe you could go out and take the kids out for do something early. Or are you taking the kids out again for another Not Sunday sure. afternoon of football? This is a good question. Not sure. Maybe we'll order some pizza or something, put in some Connie's or something like that. Haven't uh, figured out the plans yet for Sunday. What do you got? What do you got brewing? I don't have anything really. Uh, I've got to do some uh, some moving around of some furniture again on Saturday. Oh, don't hurt I yourself. I got to continue to clean my my basement. So, did you did you click on the uh, the audio that I'm about to play for you from Stephen A? I did not. You didn't. I sent this to you yesterday. No, I heard I heard some of it as Tyler was or, uh, as Tyler was putting it together before the pre show fist fight. So I heard some of it. Uh, somebody sent me this on Facebook. A listener of our show sent me this and said, Stephen A is going to be on Howard Stern. And he, the guy, uh, the listener is a big Waddle and Sylvie fan. And he's a big Howard Stern fan. Yeah, Stephen A just came out with his book. So I'm yes. sure he's doing the straight shooter. Tour. Yeah. So he's on this huge media tour and he's like, I'm scared to watch, to listen to Howard because I'm scared. I'm going to like Stephen A. And because all these people have these preconceived notions of Stephen A. just from hot takes. And a lot of people don't like like we've always told you from our personal dealings with Stephen A. That he is as a guy. Fantastic. Yes. And even though you got into an on air argument with him. I actually it's so funny. Real quick. I saw him in the walkway later that afternoon. And I, at that point, I said, I'm sorry, that guy, like, he goes, listen, brother, we're good. He said, that's what we do. We make television. And he said, like, I, I, w- I wouldn't want it any other way. He's just like, he, A, he's a hard worker. B, he's a really good guy. Really good guy. The, the hardest worker. Yeah. And I found out a little more of, as to why I was listening to this interview on Howard I'm a big Howard fan. Did you know that Stephen A. was held back in grammar school twice? I, I did not know that. Not once, twice in grammar school. He's dyslexic. So to be a sports writer, a writer, and being dyslexic, huge accomplishment. Yeah. He was held back twice. I was did made not know fun that. of, was bullied. He, uh, his father never gave him love. Had a terrible relationship with his father. Um, his father had a mistress, had great love for his mom, had a very good relationship with his mom, but his dad was not good to him, was not good to his sisters and his brother. Um, some really good stuff. But this, in, in the sports context, I wanted to play you this story. Stephen A. on Howard Stern told the story about Kobe Bryant. And this is classic. Hmm. And Tyler, you had to go through this and really censor this out, right? Yeah, the, this took... I think it's like a two-minute clip. This took probably about 15 minutes to make sure I combed through you, you it. You got everything, right? I, I hope so. Yeah. So this is unedited Stephen A. talking about an unedited Kobe and how he used to get in trouble hmm. with Kobe Bryant when he would criticize Kobe Bryant on first take. Take a listen to this story from the Howard Stern Show. So, so did you, you ever play get like the phone call? So let's say a guy. Absolutely. I don't know who's, who's Kobe. one of the Kobe. Kobe God okay. rest his soul. Yes, uh, he scared me. Now he scared me. Kobe scared <laughs> the Kobe, Kobe scared the living out of me. Because here's why: Kobe was a savant. You did not know more basketball than Kobe Bryant. Right. So when Kobe Bryant called you, 
to complain. And, and this is exact. I can quote him. I mean, I could, oh, I miss him so much. I can quote him for you right now. Voicemail. You know who this is, mother. <laughs> Get your ass up. Pick up the phone and call me back. That bullshit you just said. Wow. And don't keep me waiting but so long either. Your ass better not go on the air and say some other before you talk to me. What did you say? What did you say? I would say something along the lines of, you know something? I don't like the way he's playing. It's selfish basketball right now. Look at this shot. Look at that shot selection. Look at this decision. What the hell is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he called (laughs) me up. And so he called me up. And I'll be like this. What now, man? And And he'll say, look, you say you watching basketball. The motherfucker watched the game. You didn't see this person do this. You didn't see him do this. You didn't see this dude miss this back cut. You didn't see this dude miss this dunk. You didn't see him drop the damn three passes that I threw to him over the first 20 minutes. The fuck are you talking about? And by the way, you see here and you see this coach, right? He don't know what the fuck he's doing, Steve. He don't know what he's doing, Steve. And they, what you doing? What you talking about? So you're going to bring up all that shit about me, but you didn't bring up that. And I went like this. Well, we were talking about you. I get all what you saying. But that don't absolve the shit you did. And then we get into it. And he says, wow. and then he'll go like this. I have no idea why I love your ass. I really don't. <laughs> Sometimes I really, really don't. But I love you. He said, but you go on the air, you say that shit again. I'm calling you to curse your ass out. How great is That's that? That's great. And we it's were talking about today on Unhinged, and you should download Unhinged today on, e- on the ESPN Chicago app. Connor McKnight was a guest star today on there and uh, we were talking about the art of swearing and it sure sounds like Kobe Bryant yeah the way Stephen A told the story had the art of swearing down that's could curse that's someone great, out perfectly that is a great story isn't it I bet he's got a bunch of them kind of on the same level but to have Kobe Bryant's call you leave you a voicemail cuss you out <laughs> but then tell you you know that, yeah. he, that, that he respects I you know, in a I don't way. know why I love you yeah but I do but I, but I yeah, do I like it I like and then it. explain to you exactly why he's doing exactly why and yeah. then get, <laughs> talking about you know Merck uh recommended the Shaq HBO thing I ended up watching it on vacation did you that was something that I watched like you were at I know you power binge you go for all all the stuff I did enjoy the Shaq stuff. I saw part of it and really liked what I saw. Yeah. And some of the downfall on the Lakers stuff was really interesting. Like, you know. You forget some of the stuff, some of the uh, the details that existed back then. Oh, yeah. Because time just kind of works on your memory. Yes. Yes. And then about how how he, why he got upset about the way they pick sides. Yeah. Um, ownership siding with Kobe more than they uh, and and he explained things on why he didn't want to have surgery when he got hurt and why he wanted to rehab on team time and everything like that. It was really good was about good. about the in his relationship with Phil Jackson too. There was some good stuff on that. Yeah. But the Kobe stuff. That's fantastic. And, and it is hard to believe like when he said oh man I miss him so much. It is hard to believe that Kobe Bryant isn't with I us know. anymore. Crazy. It, it's crazy to think about that. But, uh, yeah, uh, Stephen, I want to get him on when things yeah. settle down for him on the book tour because, really, you, you should appreciate he's been good us as well. Yeah, he's yeah. all really, really good yeah. teammate. So, good stuff there. All right, uh, 
We will cross talk with Tyler. Tyler's got the show today for uh, Black and Abdallah. Again, don't forget, we're at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. Text your friends right now. Say, hey, I was just listening to Waddle and Sylvia. I heard they're going to be at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. It's Friday. We got to have some cold beer with them, and we should meet them out there tomorrow. Text your friends right now, and we hope to see you there. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Do you have some news over there in the uh, NFL? A little NFL news for you in the NFC North. Uh, I think, as expected, Ed Donatel has been fired as the Vikings' defensive coordinator. Not a surprise. No, he was awful. So was their defense. Yeah. Uh, again, if Sean Payton doesn't come back, would that put Vic Fangio in play? Would Vic Fangio sit out for another year? I can't imagine he would sit out for another year, would he? Don't know. I mean, is his con- is he still getting is his contract? Is he still getting paid? To sit out, could, I don't know. He could be getting paid yeah. from, from Denver. I don't know how many years. I don't know if he goes back to. Wasn't he the DC and and was it was Vic the DC in in Minnesota years and years ago? No? I don't know if he I was. Don't so. I don't. I don't think he was because I would. No. If I'm Minnesota, like that would be a place I would give him a blank check. Yeah, I would say to him, like we got Fix our us. offensive head coach. Fix this. Yeah. You're the head coach of the defense. What do you want? I don't know why I'm confusing Vic with Mike Zimmer. So, yeah, you're right. So, Vic hasn't been there. I think, yeah, I think Vic... Donatel was a disciple from Vic and was his defensive backs coach here. But Vic Vic Fangio knows how to coach defense. I would think Vic's as well-regarded as a DC as anyone in the game. Yes. That's why Sean Payton would align himself with him. Of course, yeah. That would, boy, would that be a good... That would be a good staff. Sean Payton is your head coach, controlling your offense. Vic Fangio running your defense. And that's why if I'm, and we've talked about how open and why we're positive about the Bears, how open the NFC is, why if you're the Vikings, I would go to ownership and say, especially if Sean Payton's not going to get the job, get a job. Like the Chargers job is is not open now. not no right it's not open and it looks like dallas isn't going to be open that i don't believe that job's going to be open either so maybe peyton like there's been a lot of talk that peyton may sit out for another year and thus decrease whatever draft pick the team will have to give up to new orleans by him sitting out another year because he doesn't want to have to rob the team he's going to with draft capital no so maybe vic could go somewhere and like a team like the Vikings would make a lot of sense for Vic, right? A team ready to win? Yeah, a team that is the defending divisional champ for sure. So yeah, I think that would be make I think it definitely would make sense to me. Be interesting to see. I, I there are I don't even know how many I know there's eight offensive coordinator openings available. I saw that. Yes. But I'm not sure elsewhere. It feels like a kind of a slow roll out too. Yeah. Like we're on what is what's today? Thursday now of a week after the playoffs and you're waiting this long to get rid of some of these guys. Yeah. It's felt like a slow rollout. It has well, so who I mean, I'm trying to even think how many how many head coaching jobs are available now. Well, that was only what three. That's three days after there, or how many days after but their playoffs? I feel like it's off. usually what the the Black Monday. Of, everyone yeah, gets fired that next day. Usually, 
I know it's Thursday, but I was listen. I was thinking Donatel may have gotten released at the half halfway through the game. Halftime, yeah, halftime. I thought he may have gotten a note, but there were some people in Minnesota who wanted him fired during the season. Yes, because the writing was on the wall. Like it was kind of like a Cody Parkey type thing. Yes, where you knew the Viking season was not going to end well based on how their defense was playing. So we've got Denver open. We've got Houston open. We've got Indianapolis open. Uh, what else do we have open? Arizona. Arizona's open. Is that really it, isn't it? Oh, Carolina. Steve Wilkes may get that job, but Carolina's open as well. Those aren't appealing for Sean Payton, are they? Uh, what, like, what, Does he really want to go to Arizona? Does he want to really go to Denver? <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he's re- he's interviewed more than once with the Texans. He, I have I have no idea what's going on with that. Crazy. Don't know what Sean Payne's going to do. Tyler, are you breaking down the uh, big Blackhawks-Flyers game tonight? Is didn't that what even you know they were playing. Did not even know they were playing. Okay. okay. You brought up Cody Parkey, Sylvia. I just saw this come across the wire from Pro Football Talk. Brett Maher, perfect on his kicks Thursday in practice. Um, which I found that headline amusing. About practice. But then I dove into the actual article to read. All right, what like what what actually happened in practice? It says he went six for six. You missed four extra points, and you only attempted six of them in practice. Now maybe that's just the portion that's available to the media. But I, I'd like to believe that after a historic performance of missing kicks. In a playoff game. Maybe where, they're talking in like live action yes, where they set up they, offense right. and defense. I'm sure he kicked it more than six times. Well, but. I would still hope he's going in live action more than six times. After really? what happened, six six reps for a kicker? I'd like to know from Robbie, like what, what is a, a week like in practice for a, a kicker? Or do you not want to like just hit him over the head with a two-by-four and, and do it so it, many times yeah. where it's like, like the less, the more it's like a game, yeah. right? And and I, I wouldn't think that you're doing it one after another, right? Aren't you doing a, a kick and then aren't you sitting out for a couple of minutes and then bringing him back on? Probably situationally, like you, you'll run a, a series of plays and then run him out on the field and kick it. I don't know. Like, yeah, if you have him out there in live, you know, kicking 25 times. You might mess with his brain more doing that than if you only ask him to do it six times. I mean, times. I'm not asking for 50 reps here, but, like, you'd yeah. imagine it'd be double digits, right? I don't know. Listen, maybe, they're, maybe their approach is we're going to treat, treat what happened in the, in the last game in Tampa as an anomaly. Because he, he was really good the rest of the year. He's too good. So what we're going to do is we're going to stay in the same pattern of practice to get him ready and just think that what happened last week was just a one-off. I don't know. What else are you doing tonight, Tyler? We'll talk a, a little more Bears, a little more playoffs at large, too. Yeah. Get you ready for the weekend. I'm excited right. for this weekend. Me too. The slate is... I'm trying Good. to think of, like, divisional slates, and I think the, the Super Wild Card weekend certainly helps make this weekend even better with matchups, but I can't remember being this excited for, like, a divisional weekend with the matchups that why, we've got. Why There's don't not you, a bad game. Why don't you come up with some props for us tomorrow? Okay. Yeah. Like props about all the different games. Yeah. Did I hear this right too? Is um Trevor Lawrence on like there's a Instagram video from a, a kid going around that Trevor Lawrence has never lost on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. Which is kind of like an odd stat too, because like you think about this doesn't mean anything to me. 
Well, last week's game was Saturday. And and, on and, sa- and obviously in college. And he played the Saturday of week 18 as well against the, the Titans to get into the playoffs. So, and then it was like high school. You play every once in a while. You get some high school games on a Saturday. Um, and then co- every game in college is Saturday unless you're in the national championship. That's a nice factoid, but I don't believe you can connect dots to say, oh, well, correlation is not causation here. Uh, That's, you know what? I'm not smart enough to have come up with that, but that's kind of what I was searching for. (laughs) Thank you, Tyler. Your youth and your intelligence was much needed right there. Uh, Thanks to Mike Tirico and Dan Dockett. Tyler Aki coming up next. Thanks to Jake Cantu. Good work by Jake, as usual. We'll see him at uh, Twin Peaks tomorrow with us. Meller will be with us as well. So don't forget Twin Peaks tomorrow on Oakbrook Terrace. Hope to see you there. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Thursday night.